Welcome to the Lovemakers Podcast, your guide to navigating love and relationships. Brought to you by Inner Meets Outer and your hosts, Jade Huang and Daniel Meyer, partners both in life and in coaching. Each episode, we'll share practical tips and insights for all stages of your relationship journey. This podcast is part of Inner Meets Outer's mission to empower you with agency and gratitude, both in your love life and your life at large. So join us as we dive into the world of love together. All right, welcome back to another episode of Lovemakers, joined here by Daniel, that's me, and my beautiful partner, Jade, that's her. Say hi, Jade. Hi. There it is, that beautiful voice. All right, today, I think, is our most powerful episode yet. We are here to talk about the most powerful sentence, most important sentence you can use in your relationship. And I think this sentence speaks really volumes towards our mission at Intermeets Outer. Our mission, we wanted to help people create more agency, more gratitude in their lives. And we felt this was the best way to help create more purposeful, more meaningful lives. Research shows this. And this sentence, which is the story I'm telling myself, is the perfect way to encapsulate agency, and gratitude within your relationships, not only with your partner, your romantic partner, but with yourself and with your friends and with your family and coworkers. It's the perfect sentence. We all make stories all the time. I think that's the bottom line. We like to use this because it's very simple and it's very easy to remember. You can do it by yourself and you can use with other people as well. And it it often comes up in our coaching sessions as well because the clients, they have difficulties with other people, not just romantic relationships. Right. I think this is because our brain is in the business of creating these stories so it can better understand the world. It's how it walks through the world is by creating these stories of what's happening around it so it can better predict what's going to happen next. And that way it can save energy. It can produce the results it wants. It wants that certainty. And mm. stories that it creates helps create that certainty. So it knows yeah. what to expect around the corner. The problem becomes is when we create these stories, we accept them on face value as truth. And mm. most of the time they're not. Actually, 100% of the time they're not. Your brain is constantly lying to you. Yeah. Not a moment in the day where your brain is not lying to you. So this is how a brain makes sense of the world, I guess. Uh, we learn things, we experience things, and we grow up in a certain environment. We learn from stories. And just we're living in a full of stories. Just understanding this is the reality, that helps as well. Because we don't want to be the crazy one. We understand we all do that. Exactly. And I know, I think the sentence that we're speaking about, the story I'm telling myself, you first heard it from Brene Brown, is that correct? Yeah, many years ago. When I first heard, I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I also remember hearing it from her, but I remember hearing it and thinking, mm, I've been telling people about this sentence for years, and now she's trying to steal my material. No, of course not. Brene Brown is amazing, and I was just happy to hear that she also agreed that this was a very important, powerful sentence. 
And in today's episode, like always, we're going to break it down into a creamy section and a crunchy section for all you peanut butter lovers out there. And our creamy section this week is going to be about the inner landscape, what's happening inside us when we use this sentence. We're going to kind of pop the hood, check out the engine, so to speak, what's going on Mm. when we tell ourselves the story we tell ourselves. And then the crunchy section Mm. is going to be how we can share this in the outer world, how we can use this in our relationship and maybe some things to watch out for when you do. And speaking of popping the hood and checking the engine, I just want to use myself as an example here and how it might look like, how it looks like inside our brains when we're using this sentence. And I know, Jade, you oftentimes will say to me something that that triggers me. Mm. And that is, you know, I might be on my phone playing a game for a little bit. And you'll walk by and you'll just simply say, are you playing a game? And in that moment, my brain automatically, without even thinking, forms this story of, hey, she's asking you, are you playing a game? Because she really doesn't approve of you playing the game, which means she really doesn't approve of who you are. And you need to lash out and accuse her of something or feel shame because of this one comment. But what I've learned to do is, okay, what is the story I'm telling myself right now? The story is all those things, right? The story is she doesn't approve of this because I know you don't like games. So it seems logical that I just go to this idea that, of course, if you don't like games, that means you don't like that I'm playing games, which means that you don't like me. And my fear in that moment is, or my insecurity is you might think less of me because I'm playing a game in that moment and I want to protect myself, right? My brain wants to protect me from the, that loss of, of ego, that loss of standing in your eyes. So I want to push back against that. But if I'm able to pause and just think, okay, this is just a story I'm telling myself. It may or may not be true. And Rather, I'm just going to react by not saying anything, and I'm just going to continue to enjoy my game. And if you do have a problem with it, if Jade does have an issue with me playing a game in this moment, then it's up to her to verbalize that. But for now, that's just a story I'm telling myself. So I think just by going through that internal process, Mm. I allow myself, my mind, to gain some flexibility on what is happening to my circumstances. And I'm telling my brain, okay, I understand you're going right to that reaction, but let's slow down and look at possible perspectives, possible different ways to look at this and not just go right to the immediate reaction. And I love that because what it does is I don't give my power away to that circumstance. I don't give my power away to just those words that you said to me. I have agency over it. I'm taking the agency over how I want to react to this circumstance rather than just reacting. I'm showing some intention behind it. All right. Mm -hmm. From there, I think I can, you know, after I, I think about it, after I see the story I'm telling myself, I can practice agency with my eyes wide open. That's really beautiful. So you said you're doing this by yourself a lot when something Mm -hmm. like this happens. And if you were to share with me, how would you say it? 
So if I wanted to share that with you for some reason, mm. I might say it like, hey, baby. So the story I'm telling myself is when you ask me, are you playing a game right now? You're asking me that because you really don't want me to be playing right now. All right. And, and then I might follow that up by saying, is that what's happening? Is that what you're doing? And I think that creates a space for you to respond without feeling attacked, without feeling defensive in return, because it's probably not your story, right? It's probably not mm. the truth of what's happening, at least not completely the truth. And even if it's 100% true, it does give you that space now to return and talk to me without feeling attacked. And our conversation can have a lot more beneficial outcome when we're not on the defensive. Yeah, then this creates for me to have more empathy for you. And if you're sharing how you feel underneath, then I can just say, oh, actually, I didn't mean that way. And I can apologize or I can clarify and I can fix it in, in some ways. And that's so much healthier, you know. And then you can come back to me and say, hey, why are you asking me that? I don't think that's rude. Yeah, and if I'm coming at you with accusatory language or attacking you, then you're probably going to just get defensive about it. Mm -hmm. And that that story, I'm going to latch on and continue with that story because I just see you being defensive about it, not accepting the truth that I see and my righteousness will reign supreme, right? In that circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> if we do it with this idea of introducing it as the story that I'm telling myself mm. without judgment, without accusation, without interrogation, just lying it yep. out there on the table and saying, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm thinking. And this is my narrative. This is what I'm thinking is the truth, but is it? And maybe it's just admitting, like it might not be factual. It's just mm. a story, right? Just that, yeah. that word itself, story, lends to this insinuation that it might not be true yeah that's true and story doesn't mean it's a fact so when we share like say the story that i tell myself i'm not saying i'm the only person that's right the stories can be right like your story can yeah. be right my story can be right and then we're just verbalizing we can put it out and compare oh okay your story is coming from there my story is coming from there so being curious that helps yeah. a lot. And we may not yeah. agree in the end, but at least mm. we're in a space where it's safe to share and we can be, you know, have some understanding towards each other or try to have some understanding towards each other. And I know yeah. I'm not the only one that gets triggered from time to mm. time in the relationship. I oh, think of course. you also have experienced some of that, yep. if, I, yeah. if I'm correct. Yeah. So my hands and my feet as you know, get really cold, especially in winter. And you always go to bed first, I mean, before me, and you're often lying in bed waiting for me. By the time I'm in bed, your body is already quite warm and hot. You're ready to fall asleep. <laughs> Definitely and true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One night I came to bed, then my hands were extra cold and I wanted yeah. to warm them up. So there is perfect place there. I put my hands on your belly and it was nice and warm and you kind of screamed <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, what is this? Don't do this. And in that moment, I felt so rejected. I was so offended 
thinking that, oh my god, he doesn't care about me. I thought he was a romantic person, and maybe he's not. And I was just saying, is it that difficult to do that? Something like that. It was just like constantly happening. And I,、right. at the time, I was too triggered to even think, oh, that's a story that I'm telling myself. It was actually fact in my head. I'm like, he's just being mean to me right now. So in this circumstance, you were, you were like, you were going with the story. You were, I had, you had the story, and at、mm. least at first, you had your brain and your and your behavior latched on to acting out that story. Yeah, yeah, I got so hurt, and I didn't have any space to realize the story, <laughs> and I wasn't aware what was happening in that moment. But I got so hurt, and it was quite late, so we went to bed. But next morning we had a long chat about this, and then after the chat, I realized、uh, that was me creating a story, and it wasn't really you. And that story was, correct me if I'm wrong, was the story was you didn't think I was romantic or I was rejecting you or something along those lines. Yeah. So my story was a good partner should warm my cold hands. And a loving partner should care about me by sacrificing their warm body. And I think I watched a lot of K drama when I was younger, and that maybe have something to do with my subconscious mind thinking man should protect woman, and I have cold hands, and you need to warm my hands. And that was like something. It's set stone, and I didn't realize that was my story. It's just like a K drama. Maybe there should have been like some some music, some soft music playing in the background, some like flowers, kind of petals dropping through the air, some beautiful scenery, maybe some winter snow in the background, right? Yeah, and then they give you their jacket away. They're wearing a, a、yeah. t-shirt, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm not cold." But in reality, you're a human too. You get cold, and I didn't think about it that way, and I was so. Deep into my story, and thinking he's not romantic, he doesn't care about me, and I don't know if he loves me anymore or something like that. That was quite、no. extreme, and that's my story. It's not necessarily the conscious belief that I was holding, and that's probably why it was even more difficult to realize that oh, it's actually the story. In that space, I didn't even bother to listen or understand your story. Because my mind was so settled, I was so certain about this story is the fact. So these statements were not very conscious. Later, I realized how ridiculous they were. But in those stories, I was definitely a victim. I couldn't understand where you're coming from. It was just full on. And until next morning, and after I realized, oh, that was my story. I realized how ridiculous that was. Isn't that amazing how the the brain automatically, you know, paints ourselves as a victim in many of these stories, where we're the aggrieved one, especially with our partners, right?、Mm. We we're the victim to this circumstance. We're the victim in this story, and it might not even be remotely true, but we we. Always, we'll just like hold on to that story, and we will refuse to let it go, regardless of what the other partner says. A lot of times, the other partner might say, "Hey, I'm sorry. 
might even like come to you first and says, I'm sorry. But sometimes that story is so strong and that, that victim mentality is mm. so strong in us that it's so ingrained that we just want to hold on to that story, even if we hear the, the I'm sorry. It's like, mm, I don't think so. I'm still hurt about it, so I'm not going to accept that apology. Yeah, right? yeah. And and it takes away our agency when we do that. I think that's really the key point here is when we practice the story I'm telling myself is how much power, how much agency we have in this, that circumstance mm. and how powerful that can be. And when we instead just enact that story without thinking we are we're treating ourselves like a victim and we're taking away our own agency and we're giving that power away to the circumstance instead. Mm, yeah. That shows how powerful it is to realize the stories. We always make stories with interactions with other people or with ourselves as well. It's the stories, stories and stories. I is remember. So yeah. I remember in that story that mm. you had your own story, but I had yeah. my story too going on in yeah. that moment. Yeah, what was your story? That I didn't want to let go of that. I I thought like, how could someone be so rude to put their cold mm. hands on me when it's like, it's so cold outside and I'm like warm under the covers. And then you come here and just disrupt that peace. I had no yeah. experience of K-dramas in my history, right? I had no idea that your what your story was going on. All I knew was like these fingers that could make an ice americano were all of a sudden on my back and and, and it was <laughs> i was just like oh my god is is what's she doing is she trying to be mean to me right now when i was deep into that story i had no space to actually hear you out because i was so correct i was so full-on right <laughs> in my mind but the next morning i said uh, hey the story that i was telling myself was that your rejection of my cold hands was so unromantic and I thought you should warm my hands for me. And so I shared that with you and then you said something like, oh, thanks for sharing. I just couldn't understand where it's coming from. And you could have, and I'm glad you didn't do this. And I think this is what I love about our relationship is, is when we have these conflicts, when you have, no, no matter how big or small they are, we have mm. this agreement that we figure it out between the two of us first. We have the discussion about the argument first or the conflict first before we tell someone else about it, before we go to a friend and be like, hey, guess what Jay did? Or guess what Daniel said? And, mm. and you could have in that moment done that, right? You could have the next morning called up a friend or messaged a friend and be like, can you believe how unromantic Daniel <laughs> is and how he yeah. rejected me last night? We yeah. didn't go there. And, and as friends do, and the reason we don't do this is because friends like to, and, and I love having friends, but friends are so loyal to a fault sometimes, they will pile on to that story. They will add yeah. fire to that. They will add fuel to that fire, right? Yeah. They won't, yeah. they're not the, friends aren't typically going to be like, hey, what's the story you're telling yourself right here? Rather, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he is an asshole, right? He is a jerk. <laughs> she mm. is a bee. Yeah. My younger self, maybe 10 years ago, my younger virgin would have done that already. Of course, I would probably be in the situation coming out. I'm a victim. He's brute or he did something wrong. 
And I probably call my friend or message somebody and can you believe this? Creating more drama. And so you get more right to conviction, like the evidence collected by your friends. And it's even more difficult to actually solve the problem with you because I'm like, see, my friend said you're not romantic, right? Then I can go into the relationship conversation and saying, hey, it's not just me that I'm thinking this way. It's not my story. It's what everybody thinks. Like it's two, three people. Yeah. And as soon as the story gains that much weight, it's Mm. like it's game over. You're never going to beat that story, right? I'm probably never going to get happy. Because I'm yeah. giving so much of my power away to you that you did something wrong and you need to apologize. Otherwise, I'm not going to forgive you, right? It's and so even ridiculous. Then, yeah. And even then, uh, even with an apology, that's, that story can often be so strong at that point that it's stronger than any apology. It just wants to keep on living. And then that's where resentment builds in and, yep, and these yeah. reoccurring issues. And then we have different mm. expectations, different beliefs, and all sorts of different cultural background as well. So when we don't understand or when we are not trying to understand each other of these, our gap is going to get thicker and it's going to be even more difficult to communicate later on because I'm like, mm, I'm right. And you're going to be like, oh, no, I'm right. And that's yeah. not going to be healthy in a re- any relationship. I think that's why it's important to do this work, to like get used to saying this sentence first to yourself, what's the story I'm telling myself, and Mm -hmm. then get used to sharing it with a partner before you go to a friend, possibly, you know, work work on it with yourself and then work with it with the actual person that you have the argument or conflict with. Yeah. Or maybe a coach or somebody who's like, yeah, neutral party. And then maybe you're going into the conversation aiming to get some perspective. Not to get confirmation that you're right, but to get some different perspective. So, hey, I am really triggered in this situation and I want to see different perspective. And maybe that could that conversation could lead to a different path. And I think even if the circumstance is one in which the person is 100% hurting you, like it's their fault. 100%. Mm. Even if that story, even if the story, let's say, is 100% true, the story that you're telling yourself, it doesn't behoove you to attack the other person, to accuse the other person, to communicate in this way, because they're going to immediately get on the defensive. Not, it doesn't behoove you if you have a desire to resolve the conflict, if you have a desire to see a genuine apology in return. But if your aim is to just attack the other person because you feel like they need to be attacked for what they did or the circumstance, and you don't have any hopes of getting an apology or something like that, then go for it. You know, do it if that's, you know, if that's what you want to do. But if you want to communicate with this person in a way that might open the conversation to some empathy and understanding, then using the story I tell in myself is great for that purpose. Mm. Yeah, and it's more difficult for other people to come with empathy when you're blaming, when you're fingering point at them because people get defensive like I do. (laughs) If somebody blames at me, then I automatically probably get defensive about it. And it's really difficult to open a nice conversation and to 
to fix or to heal and meet in the middle. This is amazing way to open the gate to have more open conversation. And I think this is why it's really powerful when you share it with other people, especially because when you share it with other people, you're just being honest without being accusatory. It's like I'm owning it and this is my story. And another amazing thing about this is you don't pressure other people to fix it right away because you're telling the other person that this is my story. The story that I'm telling myself is you don't say, oh, this is the only truth. This is the fact. It's going to create more chill vibe as well when you have a conversation and it's going to prevent- I love chill vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Potential like defensive outburst of that might follow, if not. And then lastly, this is amazing empathy generator as well, like you mentioned before. You're opening up and saying, hey, I'm not perfect because I know it's difficult to owning the story. This is the story that I'm telling myself because it's almost like but you're admitting you're not perfect. You're being vulnerable. And so when you're being vulnerable, you're allowing other people to open up and being vulnerable. I'm not saying they need to be vulnerable because you are vulnerable, but you're a little bit closer <laughs> to that point of being vulnerable. If you were to tell me that, hey, the story that I'm telling myself when you're asking me if I play a game, that I feel like you're judging me and I feel less of a husband, if you share it that way, then I can go and say, baby, you're an amazing husband. There's nothing to do with it. Wait, can you say this? I just, can you say that part again? I, I don't think the audio picked that up. So can you say that? <laughs> Start with the amazing part? Yeah, you're an amazing husband. Okay, good. I think we'll have to isolate that audio, put it on loop. <laughs> um, no, that's great. And I think that's that's the creamy section that we're talking about, right? Is this inner language that being able to to come to that awareness of being able to use that sentence with ourselves first, and then getting to the the sharing part. And this is where it can get crunchy, is mm. when you're sharing it with others. Not only because it's really difficult to get to that point, right? It's one thing to be able to share it with ourselves and to tell mm. ourselves. But to have that courage that you spoke to that, to have that courage to be vulnerable and speak it to someone else can be really difficult. And it can be even more difficult if if it's not like I need to be vulnerable, but I need to cool down my emotions. I need to mm. realize that maybe I'm not righteous in this, or maybe I am righteous, but I still, even though I feel righteous and I think I am righteous, I want to take the step towards making sure this relationship is on a good footing making sure this relationship has good communication. So I think when we share it with other people, there's a few things that we can remember. The first is just take a pause, breathe in, and just acknowledge that, hey, what the story I'm telling myself is this, or I might be telling myself a story in this circumstance. Mm. Just recognizing that there's this awareness step there, that there's maybe something else happening behind the emotion that you're feeling in that moment. After you take that pause, you can take a moment to inspect what that story might be. And I have a couple of questions that I actually use for myself 
to make it a little bit easier. The question number one is, what are some facts and what are my assumptions? So the fact, the fact is something that everybody agrees. Sky is blue, water boils at 100 degrees. That's probably Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Peanut butter is <laughs> awesome. Something like that, yeah. Star so, Wars is one of the best movies ever. Oh, no. And when we bring the example of that you're playing a game, that what is a fact? Jade asked, are you playing a game? That's a sentence, right? That's a fact. Yeah. And that's the only the fact, only fact. yeah. And your assumption is, oh, she doesn't like me when I play games. She doesn't think I'm a good husband. These are assumptions, right? So when you ask this question, that you, it would be really helpful to find out, oh, this is a story and this is my assumption. This is a fact. My second question is, what am I feeling right now? What are the assumptions? And then yeah. the second one is, what am I feeling right now? What am I feeling right now? What part did I play in this situation? So the feeling underneath of the assumption. So when you said, oh, Jade thinks I'm not a good husband, that's an assumption, right? And when you think that thought, how do you feel? You feel maybe inadequate. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel not great, right? That's the feeling underneath. I like that because when we are in the moment of a conflict, when we have been triggered by something someone has said or done, I know our immediate emotion, or if somebody were to ask me right then in that moment, how do you feel? What is the feeling behind the story you're telling yourself? I would just be like, I'm angry, right? Mm. I'm just upset. Mm. And I like this question because really it asks, what is the actual emotion behind the story? Like, what is the story? What are the facts and assumptions? And then what's the emotion underneath it that's leading towards to this upsetness, leading to mm. this uncomfortableness? And then I think the outpouring of emotion we have in that moment, that anger is this, I don't want, I, I feel uncomfortable because of this emotion. I feel uncomfortable because I feel inadequate. So I'm angry. I feel uncomfortable because I'm jealous. So I'm going to be angry mm. in response for this person as I see it, this person created this uncomfortableness in me by saying this or doing this thing, and now I'm angry at them for doing that, for making yeah. me feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And then when you are doing with other people, make sure that you ask maybe those questions or share your stories, and you want to wait for the other person to respond. Don't pressure them to immediately answer because a lot of people wouldn't know where to even begin, right? So they're not yeah. used to this. So give them space and time so that they can process what's going on. Yeah. It's like speaking another language for mm. a lot of people, including myself at times. And that's why we need to give them that space and that time to learn the language. They're probably used to being mm. attacked in response, not hearing, oh, Here's the space of empathy I'm creating for you by saying the story I'm telling myself. And your first reaction might be like, what's this? This is nonsense. Give me yeah. the attacked, the attacked version, yeah. the righteous you. I'm more used yeah. to that. So yeah. it might take and some the, time. And if you find it difficult to do it with other people, I think first thing would be writing down. Mm. Writing down always helps, of course. And if you find it difficult to start, you can maybe start 
thinking about what am I thinking right now? How is my body feels right now? My body feels this way. My beliefs are these, and my actions, and all of these things on the paper. And there's no structure to it. But when you put it out there, you can see. Oh, okay. These are all my assumptions, or this is where my story's made with. Yeah, that's good. I have a question though.、Mm-hmm. When you're sharing it with another person, what do you say to people who might come up with the story? Like, if I were to say to you, let's let's use my example that you told me. Hey, are you playing game? You playing game right now? And my response、mm-hmm. is. Maybe the story I'm telling myself right now is that you're a total B, <laughs> because,、yeah. right?、Uh, I'm thinking like the the story is is you don't like me playing games, so you're just being a B, right? That's、mm. the story I'm telling myself. Yeah. So what's what's wrong with that sort of story? What's wrong with sharing that? Yeah, that I think that's a crunchy part. That's a really、uh, important part that we should actually avoid, because you need to go deeper. And ask yourself, why am I telling this story to myself? I think in that circumstance, I'm just afraid of being vulnerable. I'm、mm. afraid of letting go of the story that I have. That's just another form of me sharing my righteousness. I'm not、yeah. actually sharing the story behind it all. Not sharing the story of why I was triggered, but I'm sharing the story of I'm angry and you're being a bee. Right.、Mm. So instead of saying it like that, I might say it like. The story I'm telling myself, maybe not this story, but other stories where you feel like somebody is being a wanker or a, or a bee, and you maybe you feel like that's the genuine truth of it.、Mm. S- instead of saying it in that manner, you could say something like, "Hey, the story I'm telling myself is, you said these things to purposely hurt me, to purposely be mean to me.、Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, right, that's much better than opening the space with an attack. Yes, again, you can if you want to attack." If that's、mm-hmm. your plan, if you don't、yeah. have any desire to come to some sort of resolution in the、mm. in the relationship, yeah, go for it. Go attack if that's your if that's how you want to handle it. But if、yeah. you want some resolution, some apology, or some understanding to, for them to have some understanding towards how you feel, yeah, it's much better to go in like this.、Mm. And another important thing to remember is I statement.、Yes. When you say. The story that I tell myself is you is blaming, right? So I think it's safer to going into I feel this way. So you're owning actually how you feel. This is another reason why it's really important to pause and collect your thoughts when you're triggered, especially because you're very charged with your emotions, and it's very difficult to do that. So pause and. Be calm, and then you can maybe think about it. And writing down maybe helps as well.、Yeah. And it might take some time, right? It might、mm. take some time for that, for you to feel calm, for you to be able、yeah. to, to communicate this not only with yourself but with another person. So、mm. take that time if you、yeah. need it, and communicate、yeah. it with your partner if you're in、mm-hmm. the moment. But、yeah. take the time. Yeah. So this isn't about pointing fingers, but it's more about shining a light on stories we hold and understand. What's the fear underneath? And I think that's really important thing to remember. It's not like you're gonna win the argument. <laughs> yeah, it's not about winning at all. I think that's one of my big takeaways here. It's not about communicating who's wrong and who's right.、Mm. It's about practicing agency. It's、yep. about taking 
control and power into your own hands by acknowledging the story you're telling yourself. Mm. One thing to remember is it takes courage to own your stories because we don't want to be wrong. Owning stories and telling people that, hey, this is a story that I'm telling myself, it takes a lot of courage. So just acknowledge that it needs a lot of courage. And so if somebody else does that, acknowledge them. Hey, that's so brave of you to actually say that. And then when you practice it, you need some acknowledgement and practice. In the end, I think we have that choice. We have the choice of holding on to our story and enacting that story or recognizing it for a story and making a choice from there with our eyes open to the story we're telling ourselves. And I think that's where the power comes in. That's where the agency comes in. And that's where you can generate a more meaningful life through these just these little interactions, and not only in our relationships, but with ourselves in any circumstance that we encounter in the world. We can use this. I also think the sentence create more appreciation in our life for the relationships and the people that we have when we create these stronger bonds of communication, these avenues of communication that are more empathetic. And that leads to a more gratitude, more appreciation for those relationships in the end. That's another reason why I love this sentence. I'm so thankful for it. It creates more meaning in, in our lives, all from one sentence. And I love it too. I hope everybody can keep that sentence in mind, keep that sentence alive in your brain when you're facing circumstances where you're triggered, when somebody has made you feel uncomfortable, come back to that sentence and then teach your partner as well and share with each other. Be courageous, be vulnerable, tell your friends about it. And I think we'll leave you with that. So goodbye, all you lovemakers out there. Bye. If today's conversation resonated with you, don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. Your feedback also means the world to us. It's a moment to leave a review and let us know your thoughts. That would be amazing. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at daniel at intermeetsouter.com or jade at jade at intermeetsouter.com. And that's jade with a Y. And for a regular dose of love and inspiration, make sure to check out and subscribe to Intermeets Outer's newsletter. And you can see that at intermeetsouter.com, where we also have so many other resources that we speak about in the show. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, keep nurturing that beautiful connection between your inner self and the outer world. We love you.